Welcome to the One Man Faction Podcast. I am your host, Connor. We are back again in your ear hole. Did that make you uncomfortable? Because it made me uncomfortable. Just saying it out my mouth. You know what? I'm probably going to say it every week. We are back again in your ear holes. Welcome to the One Man Faction. Appreciate y'all checking in for another episode. We are at episode five, and we are going to climb the corporate ladder this Sunday. Speaking of climbing, I need you guys help help me climb these podcast rating charts. So if you wouldn't mind, rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. You can hear this everywhere on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. And make sure you follow the social medias at OMFPod on Twitter, Instagram, and yes, even on TikTok. I'm pretty popping on TikTok right now. I post funny content on there. I just make videos about wrestling and stuff like that. It's a big community, so shout out to the Wrestling TikTok fam over on TikTok. And like the Facebook page. It's facebook.com and type in One Man Faction in the search bar. We are there. So once again, please rate, review, subscribe everywhere you get your podcasts and follow the podcast at OMFPod, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. We have a lot to get into today. Like I said, we are climbing the corporate ladder. This Sunday is the Money in the Bank pay-per-view extravaganza in front of an audience of zero once again. Not even a lot of you, the crowd not being there is starting to affect me because I think it definitely gives off that excitement. Not saying that I'm not excited for this pay-per-view because I am because the concept is wild. But just not having the crowd there is definitely going to be kind of weird like it was for Mania. But if anyone can make it work, it's the WWE. So let's jump right into it. We have a lot to discuss. I wanted to get your thoughts on this. Do you consider Money in the Bank a big five pay-per-view now and not a big four? Do you consider it on the level of the other major pay-per-views like a Royal Rumble or a Survivor Series or a SummerSlam, even a WrestleMania? Just along those lines, I do, just because of the magnitude of what the money in the bank can do for a superstar. It can literally change someone's whole career. Just the whole origin of the money in the bank, how it started with the idea coming from Chris Jericho. I'm going to give Chris Jericho some credit. He came up with this idea back at WrestleMania 21. When I first started watching wrestling, this match was first introduced, and it was just a match on WrestleMania. And they did that for like six years, I think. They had just the match on WrestleMania. And then it got its own pay-per-view, and then that's when things started to change. Multiple superstars won the briefcase. They used to just be a, a Raw briefcase and a SmackDown briefcase for their champions on their respective brands, and they weren't combining the superstars and the match from each brand. They just had a Raw Money in the Bank match and a SmackDown Money in the Bank match. Now, three superstars from Raw, three superstars from SmackDown are competing. I would like to see NXT thrown in there maybe a little bit. Maybe you do 2-2-2. Two, two, two. Maybe next year, though. We'll see. I do consider this a major pay-per-view nowadays. This is not over the limit. This isn't fast lane. This isn't great balls of fire. This is money in the bank we're talking about. And I, I do look forward to it every year. And I have been the past couple years now because I just love to see what superstar is possibly going to take that next step in their career. Whenever it was used to catapult a superstar who may need that last little nudge to get them over the top. Now, last year, Brock Lesnar won. Kind of ruined the whole thing for me just because Brock Lesnar don't need no briefcase. What's he need that for? He don't need it. I like it when guys 
who are mid-carters, if you want to call them that, and who are looking to get that next push when they win it, like when Edge won it, and he was a mid-carter, and then that just pushed him over the line, and the next thing you know, he won 11 more world championships. Guys like RVD, when he won it, Dolph Ziggler, Daniel Bryan, Seth Rollins, Dean Ambrose, even on the women's side, Bailey, Carmella, Alexa Bliss. But she had four championships before she won Money in the Bank. But still, I just like to see it what it's used for. That's all I'm saying. I hope we can get back to that and just keep going in that trend. Other big news, Jimmy Uso, out of there. He's hurt. Apparently, he's going to be out for six to nine months. That's tough. You get hurt in front of no fans when you're basically working definitely less because usually they would be working five times a week going all over the world traveling and stuff. You get hurt in Florida, and the next thing you know, you're out of there for six to nine months because you hurt yourself in front of nobody. It's a shame, and you know I feel bad for Jay too because he can't wrestle without his brother. Maybe he'll do like some, I don't know, commentary or something. Maybe he'll do some backstage interviewing. Maybe they'll have more of those triple threat matches for the tag team championships. If they have those, then he's good. He's good. Work him every week. Let's move on from Jimmy. Let's talk about his cousin, Roman Reigns. Big news. Obviously, he's been banned from being mentioned on WWE TV. But now the WWE has taken it a step further. They have cut him out of all the uh, Make-A-Wish packages that they run. When it was World Wish Day, they cut him out of the Make-A-Wish packages when he was granting wishes for those kids. And then in the history of the Money in the Bank, they cut him out of the clip where Seth Rollins cashed in on him and Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania 31. They just showed Seth Rollins giving Brock Lesnar a curb stomp. We all know that Seth Rollins actually pinned Roman Reigns to win the WWE Championship. They just curb stomped the Brock. Screen goes black. Seth Rollins is your new WWE Champion. I don't know what they're trying to do here. I don't know if they're trying to send a sign to Roman Reigns to make sure that. Look, if you think we need you, we don't. And all the marks are happy about this because they're like, yes, no more Roman on TV. I hope he gets fired. I don't hope anyone gets fired. I'm not even going to lie to you. I don't care how much I hate someone's TV character or how badly someone's been booked. I don't want to see anyone get fired, especially a guy like Roman Reigns, who's been through so much and has been definitely the face of WWE at least the past five years, doing all their media appearances. Like I said earlier, granting those wishes for those kids, getting sent to different radio stations and TV news stations to promote the WWE. I would hate for their relationship to sour just like that. Hopefully they get it together because I do think having Roman Reigns on your roster is a big asset to those guys and to everyone that does end up working Roman Reigns in the future. Get that Roman rub. Next thing you know, you get to go. Look what it did for Buddy Murphy. Had that match with Roman. I knew what Buddy Murphy could do because I watched 205 Live. A lot of people didn't watch 205 Live. They didn't know what Buddy Murphy was capable of. Had that match with Roman. Buddy Murphy is considered one of the best workers on the roster now. Now, I'm not saying that he wouldn't get there without Roman, but having that match that put him in that spotlight with Roman Reigns being there, definitely to help his stock. Speaking of stock, someone's stock who is rising quickly this week are the Revival, or are they known as FTR now? Cash Wheeler, formerly Dash Wilder, Dax Harwood, formerly Scott Dawson, 
made an appearance on Talk is Jericho, just Chris Jericho's wrestling podcast he's been doing forever. And they were talking about, you know, how their relationship with themselves and the WWE kind of went south just because they saw what they were doing with the tag team division and they didn't like it. They didn't want no part of it. So they asked for their release. They cleared up a lot of stuff that they wanted to clear up. Like people thought that they were unhappy and they just said, F this, we're asking for our release. Now they were unhappy, but people thought that they were asking for their release because they weren't being used on TV like that. When they did mention that they were about to win the tag team championships, they asked for their release when they were told they're about to win the tag team championships. So it's not like, all right, there's nothing for us here to do anymore. We're not being used. Let's just leave. They were about to win a championship and they asked for their release. That should tell you something about WWE and how unhappy they were. Especially they were talking about how they were about to get a raise as well. The money that was being thrown at them, it wasn't worth it. They wanted their happiness and they got their release. And now they are, you know, still looking for a home to work. I believe they have a nine day no compete clause. Of course, that's what happens when you're released from the WWE. They give you severance package and you're not allowed to sign with a promotion for 90 days. That's just what happens in case y'all knew that y'all didn't know that. There you go. And I didn't see these pictures when they first surfaced, but I, I looked them up when they were um, in the creative meeting with Vince and Bruce Pritchard was in there and Mark Carano, and they were talking about how they want to do some comedy stuff with them just to show everybody that they just weren't these two wrestlers. And they were down with it. You know, they were down with it. They were talking about how they wanted to do some comedy stuff just to show their personality. The E in WWE stands for entertainment. So you got to do something entertaining. And the costumes they had, these men about to wear. Oh, my God. I felt so bad for them. I, I'm glad they got out of there because, good Lord Almighty, basically they had Dash and a Flavor Flav clock and a bunch of, like, loud colors. They looked like the Young Bucks' older brothers, honestly. It was not good. So, I'm, I'm glad I'm glad they got all that issue fixed up. They did end up doing the Usi Hot stuff, which was very entertaining. I know a lot of Marks were like, oh, the Revival, they shouldn't be doing this type of stuff. Do these people not know how to use the Revival? The top guys? Everybody got to do the entertaining stuff at some point in time. Maybe not Aleister Black. He probably won't do nothing like that. You got to embarrass yourself a little bit on national TV, if, especially if you're working for Vince. You got to. It's like a rite of passage. Let's get into the week that was professional wrestling. I said a lot of good stuff. I did want to talk about on Raw what happened. Not a lot going on on SmackDown, in my opinion, but the thing I did want to mention that happened on Raw was Becky Lynch, they were saying that she was going to confront the winner of the Money in the Bank match. They weren't very, like, specific, even if someone from SmackDown won, if she was still going to confront them. Because technically, you still can cash in on Becky Lynch if you are a SmackDown superstar. So I don't know if she was going to make a trip over to SmackDown if Dana Brooke or Carmella or um, Lacey Evans won the match. I don't know if this is like a dead giveaway that, look, one of the, one of these three, Oscar, Shannon Baszler, or Nia Jax is going to win this match. I hope that wasn't the case just because I don't want no spoilers, but if one of them do win, I'm going to be like, okay, well, they may have just hinted it out. They may have just hinted out that one of these superstars are going to win because they said next week, Becky Lynch will confront the winner of the Money in the Bank match. And why isn't Becky Lynch even wrestling on Money in the Bank? Is there no one that she can defend her title against? Not a Liv Morgan, a Ruby Riot, 
Natalia. There's no one that there's no one at all that Becky Lynch can defend the title against. I know Becky is the fighting champion. I just feel like that she should be defending the title on Money in the Bank. That's just my thought. Andrade too. What's he doing? The Street Profits, I'm not sure what they're doing either. I think what's going to happen, I think the Street Profits will be end up defending their championships on Money in the Bank against the Viking Raiders because they did get that win against them this week. Be on the lookout for that. You could see a Street Profits versus Viking Raiders match at Money in the Bank just because the, the card is so not full right now. I think there's only like five matches, two of them being the Money in the Bank match. So they do need some filler matches. So I think the Street Profits versus the Raiders is probably most definitely going to be on that card. And we'll get into all that later. I'm going to do some preview of the Money in the Bank pay-per-view match. Maybe some predictions. We're going to keep tally on how many I get <laughs> correct. I'll also be doing a watch-along to the Money in the Bank match since they're both going to be running simultaneously. The men and the women Money in the Bank both going on at the same time. They're both going to be climbing that corporate ladder at the same time. So I'm interested to see what's going to happen. So I will drop that episode probably that Sunday night or Monday morning just because I want to get that out. It's going to be a watch long. I'll probably, I'm going to watch it on the WWE network. That's the only really place to watch it. I'm watching it on the network and you guys, if you have the network, watch along with me, you know, it'd be great. This is going to be my instant reaction. Hopefully I'll be able to watch it live. If not turn off all my notifications on my phone and watch it when I get home. But yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Let's jump over to the shows on Wednesday. Wednesday Night Wars going on. NXT, AEW. If you are keeping up, AEW did beat NXT in the ratings by a couple thousand. Not a large margin, but I'm done looking at that. At the end of the day, like these these shows are the best wrestling on TV right now. And it's not even close. Let's start over with NXT, man. First thing, the most important thing that probably happened. Rebel Heart is dead. Is dead. All right, that's it. No more. Johnny Gargano has committed full heel he is healing out on this man he said i'm gonna take away the stuff you love rebel heart out of there gone don't try to sing his interest music no more because guess what you can't it is gone but we did gain an epic entrance from carrying cross and scarlet man man that thing it was like i was watching a music video or a movie Scarlett coming out singing the words to the song. I don't know if she actually recorded the song herself, but she came out singing that song. Fire me up, man. Black and white screen. You have the wings flapping behind Scarlett. Carrion walks out all jacked up, intimidating, looking like the God of War. Scarlett steps in front of him, starts singing the lyrics to the song. Fall and pray, man. Fall and pray. Red strobe lights going. I was very impressed, man. That's how you make an entrance. That's how you debut a superstar. And I think NXT, no disrespect to AEW because they're doing great things, but production-wise, man, I don't care how many fireworks AEW has. No one can touch NXT or the WWE. Anything that has to do with the WWE product, no one can touch them at all. I'm going to be 100% honest with you. No one can touch them. NXT may be the only show that does not need fireworks. Just give them some lights, give them some smoke, and they'll make it work. I promise you. But yeah, man, Karrion Cross he's definitely going to be a player. If I'm poor Leon Ruff too, man. I know he's he's been he's been getting a lot more TV time on Raw and NXT nowadays. 
But that guy, man, if I'm in the ring watching Karrion, how, how do you wrestle after seeing an entrance like that? It's like the people who are about to wrestle an Undertaker and he comes out first. I mean, excuse me, second. And you're just standing in there watching him. How do you do that? I can't wait to see that entrance on like a takeover stage or even just a regular NXT crowd. It's going to be freaking amazing, man. Rhea Ripley's back. I thought she was stuck over in Australia, but apparently she got all her visas fixed and now she's back. She wants her title back against Charlotte. I'm pretty disappointed that the EO Charlotte match ended in a disqualification. I tweeted it out on my Twitter that I thought Charlotte and EO, that was going to be the match of the night. And to see it end like that, I was kind of disappointed. Hopefully they can run it back again, man. Maybe a no DQ match. I think when those two get in the ring together, it's going to be something special. And just shout out to Charlotte for even going back to NXT and working with these amazing women. I can't wait to see her mix it up with Tegan Knox and maybe Dakota Kai, Candice LeRae, Zia Lee even, maybe Mia Yim again. I can't wait. It's a lot of choices down there. It's a lot of choices. We saw her mix it up with Bianca before Bianca got moved up to the main roster. So, And then Rhea Ripley again. Give me that any day of the week. So shout out to Charlotte, man, for going back down there, really testing herself. I think this really submits her as, like, the greatest women's wrestler of all time. I think it does. And I don't care what anyone says. I know Trish is great. Lita's great. Moolah, Mae Young, no. Charlotte Flair is the greatest women's wrestler of all time. She does not need that Flair last name. Like I said last week, her last name could be Smith or Jones or something. She does not need the last name. Even if her last name wasn't Flair, she would still be the greatest. Velveteen Dream took that L, man. I was pretty disappointed just because I wanted to see him win. I knew he wasn't going to win. I'm not really expecting to see a title change happen until we get more people back at these live shows. Now, WrestleMania is a different story. They had to do something just because it was too big for one night. I'm just playing. But I feel like they had to do something just because... We're at home watching it. We need something to excite us, man. So now I will say about AEW, I wasn't sure about Matt Hardy being able to leave and how he would do in AEW. But after watching that street fight, I'm glad he left just because him changing from Damascus to, I guess, broken Matt back to Damascus. I don't think that would happen in WWE. I feel like Vince wouldn't get it. I feel like they would be like, no. Why, why do you want to do that? But having the creative freedom he has at AEW, I think we're going to see the best of Broken Matt Hardy, and I can't wait to see it. And Sammy Guevara, what a bump. Oh, my gosh. Did y'all see him take that bump against the golf cart when Matt Hardy was driving in and Kenny Omega was in there? And he took a wicked bump. I said, oh, my God. I literally screamed that. I... The way his head snapped back, man, I, man, I, and they still end up winning the match, which is crazy, but I, I couldn't believe it. I was, I was shocked. They did a lot of crazy stuff in that match when Kenny Omega rode up on that, uh, that lift and did a moonsault off of it. Creative stuff, man. That's the way you work with what you got. And I'm glad the superstars are sitting in the audience Social distancing, of course, with their mask on because it does feel a little bigger just because they're out there. You know, we do miss that crowd noise sometimes. And some of those high spots definitely need the crowd noise. I thought Cody and Joey Janela had a great match. Lance Archer did his thing again. He fought uh, QT, QT Marshall. 
And when um, Jake put that snake on Brandy, I was like, "Where's Cody? I know he. I know he. He wasn't far. I don't know why he didn't come out and get his wife. He left his wife in the ring with Lance Archer and Jake the Snake. I don't get that. My man act like he he left the building. Then you can't leave the building. You executive vice president. And then, and then Jr. goes like, "Oh, I think Cody. You know, he must be in the trainer's room or in the showers or something. He can't get to his wife in that right now. Yeah, he could have. If my girl was getting." Attacked by a snake, even though it wasn't really attacked. If my girl was laying in the ring with Lance Archer and Lance Archer just dragging him, dragging her around, man, what the heck, man? Come on, man. Come on, Cody. Come on. That's your wife, man. We got some more matches added for Double or Nothing 2. MJF is going to be facing Jungle Boy. Cody and Lance Archer, of course, that's going to happen. I would imagine Nyla Rose is going to fight Sheeta for the Women's Championship. Not really sure about the tag team championships because we haven't seen Hangman since all this stuff happened. But it looks like it's shaping up to be a good show. And the big match, of course, John Moxley going up against the newcomer, the exalted one, Brody Lee. Now, a lot of people, this is what makes the wrestling community mad. Brody Lee, formerly known as Luke Harper, wasn't being used a lot in WWE during his final run of the company. We're all like, man, how come they're not using Harper? What a talent that guy is. He needs to get released from his contract and go to AEW. Gets released. Oh, man, yeah, thank God. Thank God Harper is released. Now he can sign with AEW and finally be used and put in the spotlight. A character like him deserves to be put in. Cool. Gets put in the spotlight. He's the exalted one. Awesome. Harper is the exalted one. That is awesome. But he's taking time away from Stu Grayson and Evil Uno. They were here first. All right, cool. Brody Lee attacks John Moxley, challenges him for the world championship. Four matches in. Oh, man. What? Well, obviously, John Moxley isn't going to lose. So they're going to bury Brody Lee. Bro, we got to make up our mind. We have to make up our mind. I'm sure Harper's cool with it. I mean, shoot, four matches in. With a guy like that, you get from the WWE as such a big signing. You don't need to establish his character. People know what it is. We know the vibes. We're not stupid. We watch WWE. We know who Brody Lee is. We know who Luke Harper is. We know the story between him and Vince. We all know that. So ain't no point of wasting time of what they need to build him up some more. No, let's let's get right to it. Let's just get right to it. Why not? It's going to give John Moxley some good credibility to beating a guy like that. They've obviously fought in their past life, I guess we can say, when they were part of the Shield and the Wyatt family. They've had epic battles before. So I can't wait to see these two mix it up again on the AEW platform. Let's get into this Money in the Bank predictions and previews. So let's run down a card real quick. Like I said before, I think the Street Profits are gonna probably going to fight the Viking Raiders for the Tag Team Championships. I think the Street Profits steal one. I do. I'm, I'm going to have a hot take. I think we start seeing the Street Profits turn heel a little bit. I think they start sneaking their way around the Viking Raiders just because they have problems beating them. Maybe they, they do foot on the ropes type of deal. Roll them up real quick. Steal the championships. Maybe grab some tights. I don't know. Maybe get themselves intentionally disqualified. Who knows? But that's my hot take. I think the Street Profits will keep those championships. Now the matches that have been confirmed. So we got the SmackDown Tag Team Championships on the line. We got the New Day versus the Forgotten Sons versus Miz and Morrison versus Lutz House Party. I don't think it's the Forgotten Sons' time yet. That did get a big win. I think that was more about, you know, momentum, establishing some new stars. I think the New Day will end up retaining here. 
I just don't see them not retaining. They need someone that they can trust carrying the tag team division as we go through this tumultuous time right now. And three new guys that just burst on the scene a couple weeks ago, they're probably not going to put the titles on them. Not yet, at least. I do like them, though. They're kind of they're sons of anarchy-ish, but it is what it is. It works for them. It fits them. Next, we got Bailey versus Tamina. Bailey will retain. And I do think we start diving deeper into the story of Bailey and Sasha Banks. Or the other way that could happen, Sasha Banks could cost Bailey the championship unintentionally, and cracks start forming there as well. But my prediction is Bailey will retain by hook or by crook. Up next, Braun Strowman versus Bray Wyatt for the Universal Championship. I think Braun Strowman beats Bray Wyatt with ease, actually. Just because I feel like between Bray Wyatt and The Fiend, you got Bray Wyatt. He's like the Bruce Banner and The Fiend's the Hulk. Now, obviously, anyone can beat the hell out of Bruce Banner. But you can't beat the Hulk now. So I do think Braun will beat Bray in maybe like five to ten minutes, honestly. It's not going to be a competition, whatever it is. Up next, Drew McIntyre versus Seth Rollins. Still think it's Drew's time. I think this feud is going to go for a little bit. So I got Drew retaining this first time. But they're not done. They're not done. Then the two matches happening at the same time, the men's and women's money in the bank on the women's side, you got Lacey Evans, you got Nia Jax, you got Asuka, you got Dana Brooke, you got Carmella, you got Shayna Baszler on the men's side. You got Aleister Black, you got AJ Styles, you got Rey Mysterio, you got Otis, you got Daniel Bryan, and you got King Corbin. I think heels should win the money in the bank just because cashing in the money in the bank is such a heel thing to do. So on the women's side, I would like to see Lacey Evans win it. I think she'll get close, but at the end of the day, I think Asuka will take home this briefcase. Shannon Baszler, I don't think she needs it. Nia Jax doesn't need it either. They're a threat to anyone who is the champion. Asuka's a threat too, but she hasn't really been booked as strong as she has been booked in NXT. So I think Asuka may take this briefcase home. On the men's side, I think... AJ Styles is the clear-cut choice to win this match. King Corbin had it before, didn't cash it in successfully. Aleister Black is interesting, too, just because he would be the one best fit to win it just because I think it's time for his character to take that next step. But I don't think they're going to do it, so I think AJ Styles is going to be the eventual winner of this championship match. I look forward to seeing this, though. I think it's going to be a great show. All these guys could work. I would be cool with anyone winning this, but AJ Styles is probably going to be the winner. So once again, man, my name is Connor. Appreciate y'all checking in to the One Man Faction. Be on the lookout. Once again, I'm going to do a bonus episode of me live reacting to Climbing the Corporate Ladder, the men's and women's money in the bank match. Yeah, just be on the lookout for more content. Once again, please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and follow the social medias at OMFPod. O-M-F-P-O-D Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook.com One Man Faction Type that in the search bar Hit that like button for me I appreciate y'all I'm checking out We'll see y'all Sunday Alright Appreciate it